The Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast is proudly sponsored by New Vision. My team, Kanda, power. I love the power. power, power. I love the power. power. G'day everyone and welcome to the Big Footy Port Adelaide podcast, coming to you live on Port Fan Radio. I'm your host, Macca19, and joining us this evening to talk about the big win on the weekend is Porsche. Yes, I'm the very special guest. Hello. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you sound a bit different to what we were expecting, but that's all right. Yeah, no, look, um, I, I don't think my chin will match um, by scale, <laughs> but uh, look, I, I think that certainly my football ability wouldn't either, so who cares? <laughs> that's it. Um, we are trying to get uh, Timmy Jenner on. Um, we're having some technical issues at the moment, but uh, as soon as he comes online, we'll be calling him in. But we thought uh, instead of delaying it any further, we'll just get started and... Uh, Talk about uh, the footy on the weekend, do our usual segments, mm. and uh, and see where it leads us. So, let's do our love and hate. One thing we loved, one thing we hated about uh, Port Adelaide on the weekend. Uh, look, I love? guess my love is going to my love is going to be um, how much the boys got around Todd Marshall after he got his goal, uh, and how mad the crowd went. Like that was just, you know, you see, you watch the replay, and it's like Todd Marshall. First two guys there are Travis Spoke and Robbie Gray, next to Sam Palpepper, and then just everyone gets in there, and you know. Makes them know he's there. Really good. Really, really good. Mm. Uh, that's the that's the team spirit that we've lacked at times, and certainly in our losses, uh, that you really want us to see going forward. You know, celebrate celebrate the goals and celebrate the team plays and everything else. Like, really do it properly. Yeah. Mm. Yes. No. Positive that's good. Uh, it was uh, it was a great goal. Good mark. Um, very happy he's off the mark at AFL level. Um, great to see. And uh, looking forward to many, many other goals from uh, Toddy Marshall. That's for sure. Hopefully. My love Hopefully. is uh, defensively. Margin? Yeah, uh, not so much the margin, but um, look, defensively we've done a lot of great jobs this year. But to keep Gold Coast from scoring for 62 minutes was um, such a wonderful effort. <laughs> And it, look, yeah. it's not for, not for the first time we've uh, completely shut down a team this year, and uh, hopefully won't be the last. But uh, you know, to keep them from even looking like scoring, well, they didn't even look like scoring for two quarters, um, and that's a that's a pretty mean feat in modern day footy. And uh, as for Cold Coast, bloody hell, like, <laughs> well, like they just didn't even turn up, did they? Like they, they didn't care. No. They, they were just keen on the after party. Look, I mean, I, I wouldn't even go that far. I think that really it was just kind of symptomatic of their season. Like, they, they did everything we said had been doing terribly all year in the preview. Um, they were soft. They were, weren't were putting on enough pressure themselves. You know, we had – we. I don't know what our claim account was against. It would have been pretty low. We didn't get a lot of interference with what we were doing, uh, except for that first quarter where they kept us down. And they just weren't able to maintain it. Probably either it's because it's a fitness issue or it's a focus issue more likely because they haven't mm. been doing that every game every, all, all season. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, and I watched Dean Solomon's press conference afterwards. He didn't. He didn't look real confident about getting the job. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Why would you? They've been a farce. They've been an absolute rabble. And uh, well, I'm a big fan of Dean Solomon, but um, yeah, yeah, he probably hasn't really He's... done much. You, you've got to be able to motivate your team to actually sort of uh, not put in an absolute sort of embarrassing effort as that. Um, to end up with your lowest ever score and not scoring for two quarters and all that sort of stuff. I mean, it, it was just a disastrous end to a disastrous season for Gold Coast. 
Well, I mean, it wasn't too bad. Um, they got the second pick out of it, I think, from the percentage in that match. I don't know. Yeah, well, I that's don't know true. If they already had it. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I mean, it, that tends to happen when you lose nine games in a row. So. Yeah, but I think they only got it in that last game. Is that right? Or yeah, I, I think they right? were about fifth bottom. I think uh, North so, and Carlton overtook them. So the question is. Is, was this a Hazelby rule game? You know, um, back in what, 1999, I think it was. 99? Yeah, 1999. Uh, Freo controversially lost a game to get the number two pick in their draft year and a priority mm-hmm. pick as well, I think. Um, I don't know. Are they really just really thinking, yeah, no, let's get that early, early pick. Thanks. Well, there's <laughs> no local kid this, to... Winning uh, this game had nothing. There's no local kid to pick up for them this time. Well, that's what's, so that's it's, what's uh, important then. Yeah. Yeah. Um, important yeah, I don't then. know. I mean, at some point... For that footy club, I think you just got to start winning games, don't you? Like, they've been bad um, for a long time. They haven't looked like getting any better, especially under Rodney. Yeah. Uh, and it's about time that, uh, you know, some of those talented footballers actually sort of show some of that talent. I agree. But if I, if you're a new coach and you're, and you're a club saying, hey, we want to get a new coach in, they're going in with the second round, number two pick in the draft. Like, that's a bit better for a coach than some other options, that's for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, I don't know. I think that, I mean, that's a good thing to do. Like, Essendon has sort of done that as well with McGrath, right? Um, you know, they got McGrath coming in and they wouldn't have wanted to trade down from that realistically. I don't think they would have because just that having that number one pick come in and sort of give the, the crowd a bit of a boost of confidence. I know that the Suns have been burnt by that a few times already um, yeah. with having early picks, but with a new coach and a number and a number two pick, that's, that's something to look forward to, I guess, and hope. Um, and hope that they have a really savage off-field uh, change, not just in the coaching panel, but the football department and maybe, dare I say, the administration too. Yeah, they need to make some big changes, I would think. But, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, look, every Gold Coast franchise that's ever gone up there um, for sports has uh, completely failed and, and hasn't lasted the distance. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what does actually happen with Gold Coast. If they don't improve on-field, if they don't improve off-field, um, whether this is just another in in the long list of sporting franchises that just haven't worked at the Gold Coast? I think that it's one of those things where you can point at how it hasn't worked before. It doesn't mean it's not going to work. It just means that teams go up there with the same principle every time, which is like, ah, oh, this will be great. You know, we'll get players in and they'll love living on the Gold Coast. I'm like, yeah, they would love living on the Gold Coast. And you, what you'll do is that if when you're poaching players, you'll probably get players that want to live on the Gold Coast, you know, mm. um, which is not necessarily players that want to win premierships, uh, which is why it has, it's so important for them to make the draft work. And I guess that's probably why they focus pretty heavily on that as well. But they just didn't – look, they put they put Clayton in charge of their recruiting and that was a terrible mistake. He yeah. focused just too much on the wrong sorts of players. He had done for years. He'd done it at the Bulldogs, uh, Terry right. Wallace. Um you know, it, it was, he was an absolutely wrong person to trust to build your team. And I think that's really what's fallen down. Culture, yeah, that's an issue, but that's going to be a problem at any club where all you've got is young players um, and a club that's not formed properly. You know, ask Fremantle about that. Um, there was a big difference between them and Port uh, back in the day. Uh, and I think that's really what's gone wrong is that they just, they need to do a, do a Geelong, I guess, and just build through the draft over a series of years and, and try and keep the group together and hopefully get a, a disciplinarian coach that, um, has the support of the board and the, the administration, which I don't know that Rodney did. Don't know. Well, look, I don't know uh, if he was all disciplinary. Speaking but... of uh, disciplinarian coaches, Mark Williams is in the Spreaker chat right now, and he says, bring me <laughs> okay. in. I'll, I'll whip him into shape. So uh, you keep plugging away, Choco. You might get another job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got a Here's a question for long-time football fans. Who do you reckon is the shoutiest 
coach that you could possibly say might get the Gold Coast job? Like, would it be a, a Stan Owls, maybe, or a Grant Thomas? Or uh, I'm talking about Saints coaches now pretty much exclusively. <laughs> that could potentially get the, the job. Yeah, yeah. Stan like, that'd be Owls. terribly weird. It'd be about yeah, 85 years old. Who cares? Okay, what about Gary Ayres? He was still pun, pun, uh, punning around Port Morven a few no. years ago, wasn't he? Is he still no, there? I don't I think don't Gary Ayres could shout. I reckon... Uh, no. What was David Parkin doing these days? <laughs> Bring him in. Get that vein yeah, in his neck going again. Yeah, the vein, the vein. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Shit, I don't know. Maybe that's, maybe that's what they need. Maybe if North Melbourne get rid of Brad Scott, he'll go up there. That'd be perfect, actually. Yeah. What was your hate um, this week? My hate this week is that it feels a lot like when we smashed North Melbourne in that final in 2007 in that it was just yeah. easy street and party time really soon. Um, and I don't think that's good preparation for what we've got coming up, which is a win every week or drop out of the finals final series. Look, I really hope we don't lose to West Coast by 119 points. That's, uh, that's <laughs> Yeah, <for> right? Sure. <laughs> oh, jeez. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. No, look, yeah, I think... Well, it's, it's not great preparation is it like we've played three sort of bottom eight sides in a row um but i, I don't know I, i'm i'm really bullish about this final series I, I have been for a long time and i reckon we might still have success in us we'll just have i think to it's one of those games i think it's one of those games that would have been a, would have actually been a really good preparation game for us if they didn't have the buy before the finals um, because it would have given us that down week the chance to rest players yada 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 and maybe would have won by a hell of a lot less but um as it is, we're getting that, and then have I? I was like, mm, don't know, don't know about that, don't know. Mm. Mm. Look, my hate this week—it's not so much a, a hate. Um, it's not really related to Port Adelaide, I guess. It's a bit more of sadness, but the passing of Drew Morfitt, mm. um, one of the sporting world's greatest uh, broadcasters, in my opinion, he was certainly my favourite radio commentator. And look, living in the country and commuting some uh, pretty large distances to. Uh, to work and to and back home to Adelaide, uh, look, he made listening to footy and cricket pretty enjoyable. And uh, and what a way to go out, watching the footy on the couch with a glass of red. Yeah, it's a good way to go. Yes, Definitely. please. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's one of the better ones for sure. As long as I finish like, the My can get a better one, though. You don't want to have just open the <laughs> bottle. Like, you want to be at least halfway through it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, Definitely. Uh, look, I think the best one is my gran who died uh, with a book on her chest, sleeping in bed. That was it, you know, just went to sleep <laughs> one night. Just went, oh, I guess it might have been, I don't know, maybe there's a ghost hanging around thinking, oh, I just wish I'd finished the book. <laughs> yeah. No, that's it. Macabre moment. Let's move on. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, that'd be a good way to go. Anything that doesn't yeah, involve drowning or go. fire or anything like that, oh, I'd be pretty happy with, I think. Well, I mean, they talk about, like, they said, you know, worry about nuclear bombs, but if you get directly hit by a nuclear bomb, apparently you won't even feel dying. You'll just suddenly cease to exist. So that's another yeah, way we could look at with North literally Korea Literally disintegrate well. into dust. Yeah, yeah. And, like, if you're right on the blast, if you're like, right on the blast point, like, that's what'll happen. It's only the ones that are further away that'll get sick and horrible things. So, yeah. you know. Good times. <laughs> Good times to be yeah, alive. Yeah, we're talking fun stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, speaking of death, let's uh, let's review the uh, the game on the weekend where we destroyed and uh, murdered Gold Coast on Saturday, <laughs> where we came away with uh, one of our most devastating victories at AFL level, thrashing the Suns by 115 points, 20 goals, yeah. 15 to three goals, two. 
As mentioned earlier, Port kept uh, Gold Coast scoreless across the second and third quarters, and the 115-point margin is the club's second biggest win at AFL level, whilst uh, Gold Coast score is the lowest score conceded by Port at AFL level as well. Um, Sam Gray almost doubled Gold Coast score on his own with six goals three. Uh, pretty amazing. Whilst uh, Charlie Dixon added four goals for the second consecutive week, whilst Jakey Need and Chad Wingard kicked two as well. Yeah, and no, I look, it was uh, certainly a, pr- a productive match in that regard. I guess the first quarter was a bit of a surprise because it was pretty low scoring, but then, you know, second and third were just kind of sorrowful for, you know, you just watching it, oh, that's painful, you know? <laughs> mm. Like, I guess anyone that saw that 2007 grand final, like, it's not the same stakes. It's a long way from it. But, you know, it really sucks being in the end of those hidings. Um, but oh, on the other hand, fun. it's Gold Coast fans. So. And look, as we said, they've had a horror year. They've sacked their coach. They've, you know, been yeah. completely uncompetitive in a number of games. Um, a lot of their key players haven't really played much, or when they have, they haven't really done all that well. Um, and to finish this, like, in that sort of scenario you I feel like you really want to sort of end the season pretty well like we did in 2000 you want to try and bring some sort of momentum into the preseason and into the next year but to end the uh end the season on your biggest ever losing margin and you know not scoring and and all this sort of stuff I mean that's just a terrible way to uh, to finish a year yeah but us in 2000 like you just look back and, and you know that was so long ago but the guy that St Kilda got with the number one pick is still not retired yet. He's just retired this week, you know. Um, yeah. I think Nick Rewald's retired, isn't he? So, he gee, I don't know. Like, was Daryl Wakeland was good, but would you have taken a Daryl Wakeland or a, or a Nick Rewald? Um, I don't know. That's 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 the thing. That's the thing. That's, that's the pointy end of the draft. It's very different. But, it um, is. That is true. But look, they're chock full of, you know, very high draft picks. Like. There comes a point when, as I said before, like you just want to start winning games and, and showing some of that talent as opposed to just being, you know, as opposed to just looking for early draft picks all the time. I think that the early draft pick for them lets them trade their others away for players, which I think they need to do. I would recommend that they do that if, if I was them personally. And the coach will want to do it. A new coach coming in will want to bring in some new experienced players. So maybe they'll actually be on the market instead of trading for future first Round picks and shit like that. I think that's what really hurts them is that they get these compensations and what compensation they get these sort of yeah compensations for losing players and stuff, and then they just keep pushing them forward. I think that's the real thing that's hurting them. No, that's right. That is uh, that is pretty much spot on. I think. Um, now let's talk about some players on the weekend. I want to start by talking about the forward structure with Dixon and Marshall. Uh, Dixon obviously mm. had a, a big game on Stephen May. He took uh, nine marks, kicked four goals, um, had a great game. Uh, Toddy Marshall was it was pretty quiet. He, I think he only had the two touches to three quarter time, but um, did kick his first goal in the last quarter. Took a couple of really strong marks as well. Um, do you feel like this new forward structure that we've got is working, um, or is it a bit too hard to tell given the opposition that we've played so far? I think it's hard to tell given the opposition we've played so far, um, but I think in a way the the, the things that Marshall has done probably look like they might translate better to playing against finals opponents than if he'd just, you know, done nothing but had taken three marks and kicked three goals. You know, I, like, I, I think that the fact that he does have that chase, that he does have that awareness, and he does, you know, even when he hasn't didn't take marks, like, he was getting close enough that defenders had to pay respect to him, and I think that's a hugely important part for a key forward. Um, 
so if you're looking at what's going to translate into finals football, I think that the things he did, they can probably translate. But, gee, you'd, you'd love to see him actually get more than one goal, <laughs> um, particularly against a side like Gold Coast. Yeah, look, we, we can't afford to have our second key forward have two touches or three touches to three-quarter time in a final. Like that, that probably mm. will not work in our favour much at all, I don't think. But um, uh, I feel like he'll need some extra support going forward. I would love to see us bring in another toll to play up forward so that Marshall can play as that third toll. I think with... Um, uh, and whether, look, whether that is Westhoff, who's already in the team, or whether it's Trengove or Eddie or someone else, um, I, I, f- I feel like we need some other tall support up there to take the pressure off Marshall a little bit because what, I really don't want to see him get absolutely hammered in a final. Um, but I feel like if, especially with West Coast defensive stocks as they are, they've got three pretty big, burly, tall defenders if we can stop them from hanging around Dixon a bit um, and get Marshall on his own a little bit, I think that's going to be um, very much a good thing for Port Adelaide. And look, um, the Dixon-Trengove structure has worked pretty well against uh, West Coast this year. Uh, we did beat them with that structure. Um, and Dixon's two best games this year have probably been both the games against West Coast as well. Um, seeing as I'm... Filling in for Rick, um, can I make a, a Rick-type diversion and talk about what's useful for a forward line? Okay. Yes. Okay, well, I'm that's better because usually Rick will talk about grass or something, so that's good. <laughs> okay, yeah. Well, I, I, it's going to divert from football very quickly because I'm going to talk briefly about the game Overwatch, which I'm sure some people have played. I'm sure anyone, I don't know, a lot of people haven't played because it's a computer game and they don't do that. But at the moment, there's a, a mode called Lucio Ball, which is a three-person aside sort of soccerish game, but there's no offside rule, so it actually has got a lot of things in common with with Aussie rules, but with a very small number of players. And um, I've been playing that for a little bit, and I've tried playing it like Port Adelaide, which is that you have, you know, one defender, and then you just try and cram it in their forward line, like you're keeping a forward line as much as you possibly can. Mm. And playing that, it sort of became apparent that, first of all, I'm the Jake Need of this game, Lucio Ball, (laughs) in that I spent a lot of time running around and not really doing much, and the best I can really do is um, do a really good setup for someone else. So um, that was very humbling. But the other thing that really became apparent is how important um, awareness is, how important quick thinking is, and how important it is to be able to make something out of not much at all. Um, and so when you're talking about adding a third, a third forward to our forward line, um, given the way we play, yeah, a marshal could potentially fit in or he might end up being a tall Jake Need. We, we don't really know that for sure. But if you're looking at a guy like Brett Eddie, like I think he's shown that's the one thing he's not good at is that sort of being able to, to work through controlled chaos. I don't know that he could certainly take that step up. And it, you can't learn that SNFL level, unfortunately. So that no, you counts can't. against That's him, true. I think. Um, yeah. You really can't. Uh, so when you're looking at our forwards, so you're looking at who needs to stay in and who should go, like you really need to see, okay, who is who is the most able to make something out of nothing? Uh, and that's why Robbie Gray's doing so well in this in this press world. Uh, that's why Wingard's useful when he goes forward. Uh, and maybe it's why a guy like Aiden Johnson is sort of coming in and maybe he's not, you know, letting, lighting the world on fire, but he's keeping up. Um, and maybe that's why Westhoff becomes our most important finals player. Yeah, I, I see your point. Mm. I reckon uh, he most certainly is. If Westhoff can play full, he was wonderful against West Coast at Subiaco uh, a few weeks back. So he um, he arguably was one of the match winners on the day as well. So if he can go up forward and do that sort of role, take some pressure off Marshall, take some pressure off Dixon as well. Well, I think that's a pretty versatile um, 
sort of three-pronged tall attack, to be honest. Um, the thing I really liked about Marshall's game, he could have had a lot more of the ball. I, I know there was um, it was an occasion in the last quarter where Wingard sort of burnt him on the lead, ended up kicking over his head. He had a good sort of five metres space on his opponent then, and that could have actually been his first goal had he taken that mark. Um, but he burnt him, and we, look, we ended up kicking the goal anyway. Um, I don't think Marshall was all that pleased about it. Um, but look, I think um, I think the, the talent is certainly there. I love his exuberance. I love his chasing. I love his tackling. Um, it's just whether we can give him the support to succeed in finals as well. You mentioned Aiden Johnson. I want to talk about him because um, look, he's yeah. not getting a lot of the ball. Um, but I'm really enjoying watching him play, to be honest. I, I, I love all the stuff that he's doing off the ball. There was one particular play on the weekend where he laid two tackles within about 15 metres of goal in the one play and then laid a massive bump. I'm pretty sure we kicked a goal from that as well. Um, and that was pretty much my play of the day. I thought that was wonderful. Yeah, look, I mean, I, I agree. I think that the important thing to think about when you're talking about a forward line is that you need to have a balance between players that can cause spillages, players that can basically, you know, cause errors from the defence and cause them to shit themselves pretty much. Yeah. But then you also really, 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 really need players that can actually exploit it. Because if you're just causing spillages and you can't exploit it, then you're not actually doing anything other than wasting time on the clock. Yeah. Um, that's why that goal that Polek got, like that, that was really beautiful. I want to see 10,000 yeah. more of those. Um, <laughs> you no, know, like... That, that's exactly what I want to see. That's exactly the sort of thing that guy like um, Rowan Smith back in the day, Tim Jenner was on, I'd ask him about it. Um, someone like uh, Jared Schofield, really Rowan Smith, just that perfect opportunist half-forward guy that can come in when everyone else is sort of really mixing up and then just leave, swoop in, la-di-da, kick a goal. Um, that's exactly what we need in our side right now. Um, can you come back, Rowan? <laughs> oh, how good was Rowan Smith? What a guy. Uh, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you love to insert him into this particular side right now? I think it'd be an absolute gem. Yeah. It'd be really good. Yeah. Mm. Look, he was uh, he was wonderful, I thought. Uh, Rowan? What a, yeah. The, the smoothest player I reckon we've ever had play for Port Adelaide. Well, and also noteworthy is that he was a number 13, just like uh, Toddy Marshall. <laughs> mm. Wasn't he? He was, wasn't he? He, he was. Number 13. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. There you go. Okay, you had me worried there. I thought I might have got the number wrong. Okay, No, good. he was. He certainly no? was. Um, yeah, look, Aiden Johnson, I'm loving his defensive pressure. I'm, and look, you talk about spillages, and I think he's mm. creating spillages for other players to uh, to take control on it. And I'm, I think about Jakey Need. I reckon uh, Jakey Need's had a wonderful um, last three weeks. And uh, compared to the sort of form that he was showing last year and earlier this year, I think everyone sort of expected to never sort of see him in the AFL side again. Uh, a lot of us maybe groaned a little bit um, when we saw him come back in a couple of weeks ago, but in the current role that he's playing... Um, it's he's a better hitting, role for him, for sure. It's a better role for him, and he's hitting peak form at exactly the right time. Yeah, for, for need the anything that... If need had that little bit of extra foot pace, he'd be really good. He does get caught out with that a little bit. He got caught out, I think, one time on the weekend that was quite obvious, but... Um, yeah, no, he's um, there's certainly a better role for him being that sort of link man because isn't he, he's got he's got no hope being a, a marking small forward. He just does, and no one has a hope being a marking small forward in the finals except for probably Eddie Betts, I'd say. So, um, yeah, no, it's really tough. But yeah, Aiden Johnson. What I really like about Aiden Johnson is that he is so attack minded. Which yeah, okay, um, it's not. I'm not saying there's a deficiency there, but you do need to make sure to play both ways. But just when he goes forward and see an opportunity, like he just punishes. He just really tries to punish. 
when he goes for the ball. So he's not getting it all the time, but you're not getting a lot of stupid, you know, sideways hand passes from him. Like he's trying to penetrate into the forward line and create something. And I like I like that scene. Then every player, everyone on the ground, and it's good to see he does it. Yeah, no, that's right. Um, Riley Bonner, he's come in for his second game, and uh, yeah. look, I thought he uh, has played pretty well um, the last couple of weeks since he's come into the side. I'm liking his dash. I'm liking his uh, his skills. Um, he looks a lot better player than what we saw in the preseason for sure. Yeah, but I guess the other thing is that the teams he's played against, they're not exactly the, the teams that are going to test your halfbacks. Um, you're like out the outside halfbacks. Like, there's not a lot of forward pressure going up against him. I think that his disposal, his 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 um, disposal choice was certainly a lot better than it was in the preseason. Like that concern is lessened, but. I don't know, is he up to finals pressure? That's where we've got to wonder whether there might be a reversion. I guess it's unfair to assume that it will be. He's a young player and he's learning and he probably learned a lot over this season of being stuck in the SNFL and he probably thought he's going to play a few more games. Mm. Um, don't know. I guess we won't really know until he plays a final. So I kind of think if the coaches are concerned that there's too many young players in the side, he might get the ass this week. But if he doesn't, then he could turn out really important. Uh, it's hard to know. He, he's a real... I hope not. I think that, I, I hope. Uh, I, think that, I hope we keep him in. I think that keeping Riley Bonner in next week will be the biggest throw of the dice that we could possibly do next week. Hmm. And I'm not. I'm not saying that's going to be a losing thing. I'm just saying like, like that's his potential top and bottom. I think it's probably the biggest extreme um, of any player we could name in the side next week that looks likely to be named. Hmm. Potentially, yeah. I, I can see your point there. Um, I'm going to back him in. I love him. Oh, I'm going to back oh, him. Yeah, I reckon yeah. he'll. I reckon he'll play pretty well. And I think um, facing someone like West Coast, we need players that can really break the line and move the ball quickly up into the forward line. And I think Bonner's going to be perfect for that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, look, we just got a comment on Spreaker chat. Uh, Jimmy Untamed reckons that Johnson chasing down side was amazing. He gained ground so bloody quickly. It's like, yeah. 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 <laughs> That's what we need. We need. He that. is Grease Lightning, and um, that's why we drafted him. And you can tell from his oh, draft yeah. videos, like exactly what he was going to bring to Port Adelaide, and why we really, really liked him, and why we took a punt on him when he hadn't really played much footy. Um, and and I think he's going to repay that faith um, over the coming years for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Mm. Cool. Uh, big Dugs. Um, great Biggie to dudes. hear the Dugs chart going around the ground again every time he got near it. Love it. And uh, look, he played really, really well again. Um, he's pretty much made centre-half back his own now to lose forever. Um, I, I'm expecting him to be there until he's 32, to be honest. Look, the only thing that um, makes me worried about his longevity is that it looked like he had a camo shea haircut on the weekend. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I he, minute, he was looking very attractive. Like Cam, is it? No, I mean, he had the short back and sides and the bit of floppy stuff on the head, uh, top of the head. You know, it was a real camo show haircut. But there you go. And he did yeah, slip no, he's over. Good. He did slip over. Oh, there you go. It must have been the haircut, you know, yeah. like Samson. Don't, don't get the O'Shea haircuts. That's terrible. Um, you yeah, know, look, he's, he's doing well. Uh, he's got that height. It's going to be so important for us in this final series going up against the teams we're going up against. Like this, He's absolutely a player. Like, he doesn't get dropped now. He absolutely doesn't. Oh, no. Um, he, he's locked in. Because he's so he's important for our matchups. He's so important for us in our matchups. You know, coming up against teams like uh, GWS with John Patton, ideally, if we can get past Gold Coast, uh, with West Coast and uh, West Coast, you know, are he going to play on Kennedy? It probably will be Howard, um, I would imagine, at least part of the game. Um, yeah, yeah, maybe. 
Oh, I, I reckon. Still, I, oh, I would still look at Cleary, and I reckon. Um, I reckon. I reckon they'll change. I reckon him. Howard on uh, Petrie. Yeah, I reckon Howard could be Petrie, um, but I wouldn't be surprised if they changed over a bit just to keep, keep Kennedy having to adjust his game to suit. Yeah, like that's yeah, a challenge that's for fine. players to do that. That's fair. I'd definitely switch between them because yeah. I reckon either of them could do okay and do it in different ways, which is important. For sure. Um, back to some of the senior players or some of the yeah. older players, I guess. Uh, Carl Amon, I really liked his game again on the weekend. Uh, once again, he got over 20 touches and we won. Um, and look, his skills, apart from one sort of bad out on the full, I thought his skills were great. I've I got to say, like, that was a pretty... I noticed you calling it back there, but, you know, you almost called Carl Amon a senior player then, Racker. <laughs> I did. I, I sort of looked at the name on my list and I thought, oh, I can't really call him a senior player, but... Um, yeah, I, I thought he was great. Yeah, look, I'm 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 on the Carl Amon bandwagon. I have been for a little while, so uh, mm. well, a year, I guess, and <laughs> more than a year. But um, yeah, no, he's good. He's an important again for this game style. Like he's a hugely important player for us. Um, if that changes, his status might change. But right now, absolutely essential. Yeah, no doubt. He's got uh, the, the run. Midfield, he's, yeah. The midfield yep. trio of uh, Boak, Ebert, and Wines, I thought, dominated. Uh, especially through the midfield. And uh, I loved Boke's run and carry again. I thought Ebert had his best game for uh, for quite a few weeks. And uh, Ollie Wine's just uh, super consistent. Can I just say, like, mid-season, Travis Boke, like, he looked like a doddering old man and he's really turned his form around since mid-season. Yeah. Uh, he's done really, really well. Absolutely. He's back in good form. So that's been really great to see. Well, he's arguably, arguably been our best player since... Probably around thirteen-ish, I reckon. He's Aww. he would. Aww. I reckon when we look at the best and fairest votes at the end of the year, it wouldn't surprise me if he's leading that sort of second half of the year sort of vote tally. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. Um, just just break a chat. JB has said the Dougal's the next rants. Maybe. I don't know. Potentially, he's got similar traits. I like his pace. Yeah. He's got great spoiling ability, really good skills. I can certainly Rance see is... him doing that sort of role. I think Rance. I mean, the thing. The thing I think that makes Rance work is that not the not the obvious like the, the ball skills and things like that, but the brain. That's a huge difference. I mean, I'm not. That's not even a criticism of Tickle Howe because it takes time to get that good. Um, and he, what? How long has he been playing centre half back foot for? You know, year and a bit. Um, so. Yeah, no, certainly the, the signs are there. And, uh, you know, he's young for a, a key backman. Um, give it four or five years and he could well be an Alex Rance uh, and an All-Australian lock for fullback or centre-half back. Yeah, for sure. Um, we haven't talked about this All-Australians yet, Macca. No, that's coming, mate. That's coming. Um, okay. Sammy Gray. What on earth was that? Where do you pull that from? Uh... Six goals. Sammy. It was not well. They even talked about commentators. Even the commentators knew that he got like a three, what three Brownlow votes and a best on ground against Gold Coast last year. Mm. They just didn't have matchups for him, <laughs> and you know that. I guess that probably, I guess that probably talks a little bit about what peril Gold Coast defense is in that they don't have matchups for Sam Gray because that's not the toughest matchup to put in your side. I would have thought for the most part. No, no, we've seen just mm. uh, you know back flankers sort of do that job Those on Sammy, teams. but. Yeah. Um, Look, he just ran yeah, but no, he did. Ragged. You can't criticise him. Yeah, oh, not at all. He ran himself like, that's, a, that's a career best finished. game for sure. Six goals, twenty-four touches, eight marks. Like he just uh, led the way. He he got into to great spots. He led to great spots. He won the ball. He kicked goals. 
Um, and look, you know, I think he hit the post once or twice too, so really could have ended up with a massive bag of goals. Look, he could have. Um, I guess it's a bit unfair, you know, when you're, critic- you're talking about a player that we always seem to criticise that he doesn't get as many goals as he should, to then say that when he kicks six goals, he could have got more. Like, that's a bit rough, Macca. That's that's cruel. <laughs> um, I just had a, a criticism from Spreaker Chat. Libby saying, Portia, wash your mouth out with soap, Boca doddering old man. It's like, well, I'm just saying he looked briefly mid season when it was really cold. <laughs> you know, Shame. I don't know. Uh, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bad supporter. Everyone knows it. <laughs> uh, right, I thought Houston was great as well. Uh, yeah, he's good, a great he? instinctive goal. Just a clean pick up, bang straight on the boot, straight through the middle. Like, uh, doesn't get uh, better than that. No, he's good. He's good. He's good. It's one of those things where it's a shame that the... Um, I, I, don't, oh, I don't know. How, how deep is the Rising Star voting go? Is it five votes? Five votes, yeah. Yeah, like it's a shame. Like I reckon he'd be right up there in the sixes and sevens for most of the judges, for sure. Yeah, he's he certainly had a, a very consistent year. Um, and mm. look, you know, we, we talk about wanting to replenish the side, and we've already spoken about Dougal Howard and how he's pretty much locked into centre half back for the next decade. Well, you can pretty well lock Dan Houston <laughs> into the back line for the next decade as well. Like, he's not going anywhere. He's um, no. he's an absolute star in the making. Absolutely. He's just a really class player. Um, I guess Matt might say a bit, um, oh, who was it? The Brisbane guy, Johnson? Chris Johnson-ish? Yep. Probably, uh, yeah, uh, probably a bit faster, really, because uh, Johnson wasn't the fastest guy around, but he was a, he was a, he was a smart defender. I was about uh, was to say that uh, Chris Johnson was probably a bit more explosive oh. than what Dan Houston is, but I can certainly see the comparison. They, they do sort of move quite similar and have similar mm, traits. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, just that intelligence in defence and that, that cool disposal, for sure. I think that's what's making me think that. Yeah. No doubt. But I reckon, I reckon Kirsten's a bit faster. I reckon he's a little bit faster. But okay. I guess, I don't know, someone will look at that at some point when, you know, Kirsten's lining out for all Australian and they might say, oh, you know, he's fastest, blah, 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 comparisons, yada, yada. Let's keep going. <laughs> <laughs> but Another thing that I really enjoyed on the weekend was uh, the resurgence of Darcy Burn jones who I thought had probably his best game for the year. I'm ashamed to say I didn't really notice him, which is not okay. to say he had a bad. Which is not ashamed to say he had a bad game. It just means he's a defender. Um, but you know, look, I, I've been hanging on there. I've been hanging on with one hand at the end of the Darcy Burn jones bandwagon. Um, you know, it's just just dangling, being dragged along the road. Um, <laughs> Trying to hold on as hard as I can. It's like, yeah, it's good, to, good that good that he is doing all right. And um, look, he's not really in danger of being dropped, is he? At this point. Uh, well, who's oh, your replacement 50, for him? Fifty-fifty. I mean, you could easily see, like, if, if we want to play broadbent, I mean, you could almost see sort of Bonner staying in and time. Ben Jones going out. But, but Ben Jones for Broadbent, that's not like for like in my view, because Ben Jones is, you know, he's the super accountable guy, and I don't think Broadbent is. No, probably not, but um, I don't know. If they want to squeeze Matty Broadbent back in, like someone's got to give, and uh, it might be Ben Jones, might be Houston, might, might be Bonner. Like one of those guys would come out. But as I said, like I'm more than happy for Darcy to stay in the side. I think he's had a better year than what he's been given credit for. Um, his last sort of four or five weeks have been maybe a little below his best, but uh, I thought he rectified that on the weekend. And the thing that I really like about Darcy Ben Jones is, you know, we talk about the the defensive press and 
you know, pushing right up the ground to stop um, teams from really sort of getting past us, getting past our sort of 60 to 70 metre line. And I reckon Darcy's one of the real key players in that because it seems like whenever they have like a quick kick out from uh, from our forward line, he's the one that marks it. You know, he's the one that uh, drives yeah. it back inside 50. Yeah, no, that that's fair. Um, just on the Spreaker chat, my, my comments about Boak being done mid-season, they're causing some controversy. Uh, Ryan Pillow has said that mid-season Boak was shite and done, so that's nice. But Mark Williams has said, Porsche, you are wrong, which that just that just strikes real deep. Wow. That comment from Mark Williams. Oh, oh God, what, is he going to pull in his tie next? Oh, what am I going to do? <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's gold. That is gold. I love it. Oh, that's freaky chat's weird. Yeah. <laughs> um, look, let's talk about um, the All-Australian nominations. Yeah. Uh, which were quite nice, I've got to say. Um, look, we've had three players nominated in the All-Australian squad. Patrick Ryder in the ruck, obviously. Uh, Robbie Gray for his uh, midfield and forward work. And Tommy Jonas. Tommy Jonas, the big surprise. And... Look, uh, it's a surprise. Not so much that he didn't deserve it, because we've been banging on all year about the, how he should be in the All-Australian squad, but we just didn't think he would get in there. But I'm super, super happy that he's in there. I, I, look, I'm still going to say I reckon that Tom Clory is right up there as their best backman, not least because he plays the games. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tom Jonas being nominated, it's kind of, it's kind of one of those rough ones, because it's like, well... You know, when you're suspended and you're missing your first final, I don't think there's a selector for the Australian team in the world that's going to pick you if you're anywhere near borderline. You know, if you're a guy that gets suspended for games a year, um, and that's not because it's a fairness thing, but that you know, if you're a if you're an Australian defender and you're getting suspended for dumb shit, you're not. That's not very all Australian of you, I don't think personally. Oh, lots of players have been bloody suspended for dumb shit. Like Toby Green's yeah, been nominated again. So and he's only played 14 games. Oh, that's just and he's been that, yeah, but that's about that's, a, that's an AFL favourite. <laughs> that's an AFL favourite team, though, Mac. You got to you got to measure this separately. Um, I don't know. Well, well I'm going to back Tommy Jones. In. I think he's been our best defender for sure uh, this year. He's taken on some huge jobs, which um, which he's always um, done extremely well in. He pretty much hasn't been beaten all year, I don't think. Um, and for that sort of recognition, for a pretty unfashionable sort of player like he's got an awkward kicking style he doesn't really he's not overly quick um he doesn't rebound a lot uh but what he does do is he does his job and i've got no doubt that um uh he'll be sort of top five in our best and fairest come the end of the season and um i'm super happy that uh he's finally been recognized for his year and look after his year last year where everyone almost wanted him delisted and gone and traded or whatever um to come back from that huge suspension not playing for about 12 weeks at the end of the year um, to come back and have a career best year this year, good on him he's done very very well look I mean I'm, it took me a few weeks to get over Ryder getting suspended for that GWS game um, if we lose this final the West Coast because we're lacking a classy defender, tall defender I'm going to be a bit shitty with Jonas still <laughs> I really am, I really am he, he needs to change how he plays he just does at this point yeah yeah yeah. Your thoughts on uh, those three <laughs> players? Do they get into the side itself? I reckon Gray does, just because he's sort of been around the mark for so long. Uh, I reckon Ryder does, because he used to play for Essendon, so everyone knows him. 
Um, and I don't reckon Jonas does uh, for multiple reasons. One, he's a defender and they've got more fancy defenders they probably want to name. Uh, I still reckon him being suspended um, gives them an excuse to not name him to some extent. Mm. Um, not that they, not that he, if he'd played a perfectly um, unsuspended season, he would have necessarily got named. But I just think that makes it like that one, ex- that one little straw that basically broke the camel's back and says, yeah, no, nah, we're not going to really worry about that. Yeah. But look, it's good that he got that recognition at least. Um, but I reckon it's just be those two, Gray and Ryder. Uh, yeah, look, I'm, I am expecting Ryder to get in. Um, he's going up against Cruiser and Jacobs. I would say Jacobs is probably his main opponent there. Um, I don't know. Jacobs has uh, obviously led the league in hitouts and hitouts to advantage, so he's got that over him. Um, but look, Ryder's played some bloody great football this year for sure. Uh, Robbie Gray just has to get in because he's been bloody wonderful all season, really. Oh, he's in. Um, He'd be top he, 10. He's got to be in. Got to be in. Got to be a lock. Mm. Uh, I'm not expecting Tom Jonas to get into the final side. Um, no. There's plenty of other defenders there who, who will get in ahead of him. I do have to say, though, like the All Australian squad this year, uh, there's quite a few baffling sort of uh, inclusions in this one. Well, there's not a lot of Victorian teams in the eight, is there? Well, Tom Scully's had not his best year. Like he's been nowhere near as damaging as what he was last year, but somehow he's named. They've um, excluded Clayton Oliver, who's I thought was as close to a midfield lock as you're going to get. Like he's led, you know, he led uh, the competition in tackles and clearances and contested possessions and, and all this stuff, and he's not even named in the squad. Um, Seb Ross is a little bit of a surprise. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There's quite a few. Also, the Crows, honestly, the Crows having eight All-Australian squad members um, was a bit of a shock considering they certainly didn't have any sort of uh, Geelong 07 sort of year and they've only won 15 games, which is the lowest a minor premier has won for the last 20 years. I think I read that the 40-man squad was named basically on statistical performance. Mm. Um, and then well, that, that would explain. That would explain yeah. why guys like Ross and Merritt have got in, and maybe Trelaw as well. But uh, that yeah, makes yeah. the Oliver exclusion even more sort of baffling. Yeah, maybe. Maybe he was getting um, thirty-five touches a week. Yeah, yeah, it is a bit strange, but there's the Australian do? selectors. Who are they? <laughs> you know, well, Treadrow's in. What you, yeah, what do you do on your Treaders? McLaughlin, Bartlett, Darcy, Dillon, Frawley, Jakovic, Johnson, Ling. Fucking Ling. How does he get a place on any of these things? Um, Matthew Richardson and Warren Treadray. Like, honestly, as soon as that Ollie Wines one happened, he should have just been banned from all selection committees for the rest of his oh, life. No doubt. No doubt at all. Absolutely. Look, yeah, even Bonsapelli hasn't really had a, his best year. Um, he was a lot better last year as well. But, um, well, well I guess... Yeah. Uh, in the air. I don't know. I think the Crows will probably lead the way in the final squad. I'm expecting Betts to get in. I think um, Laird will be a lock. I think uh, Sloan will be a lock. And I think um, Walker, Lever, and possibly Jacobs could also get in as well. So um, they could end up with sort of five or six. What wouldn't surprise me is if Jacobs got named the Ruckman and Ryder got named on the bench. I don't think they'll do that this year. I think if they're going to go at all on the bench, it'll be someone like Ben Brown. Uh, no, I reckon he's, he's going to get named. You have to get named on the field. 
Ben Brown. Like, I think, I, I think, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think that, in, look, I think that, again, I reckon, I'm sure there's exceptions to it, but I think that largely the guys that get named on the bench are guys that are either midfielders or they're guys that can play more than one position. Um, it's usually four smalls on the bench. Yeah, well, that that's true. But when it is a tall, it's usually a versatile tall. Um, so I, that's why I don't think Brown so much. Like, I'm not saying he's not a good player, but I'm saying that if he gets named, he's going to be named in an actual position and not as a utility sort. And I think the fact that um, Ryder can, you know, to kick goals and take marks and also play as a ruckman, I think that he's exactly the sort of tool that could actually get named on this All-Australian bench. Yeah, fair enough. Let's have a quick chat about the SANFL because it was the final round match. Port Adelaide played North Adelaide and won by 40 points uh, on the weekend. Uh, Robbie Young, uh, the SANFL player, kicked four goals. Brett Eddy um, sealed up the Ken Farmer medal with another three. Also, uh, Jackson Trengove kicked two as well. Um, obviously, I want to talk about Trengove. Um, he had another big game, 20 touches. He had 19 hitouts, kicked two goals. Um, there's not much more that he can really do to sort of put his name back into uh, sort of selection. Yeah, so? <laughs> so the question is, we spoke about... Um, Honestly. We spoke about bringing in a third toll. Is he the man that comes back in? No, I think it's. I really do think it's Westhoff going forward, um, because Trengove's look. Trengove's had a look. Trengove has had a really fair crack at top level. He has a, had a really fair crack, and he's just been hugely inconsistent. Um, and you know, like he's been in the role he's been playing. And again, it's not to say he couldn't play as a defender and yada yada yada. But in the role he's been playing up the forward line, he is every bit as variable a player as say a Riley Bonner. Like I just said, Riley Bonner coming in in, in finals, like it's a huge upside and po- huge possible downside thing. I think that Trengo oh, through the sure. season Trengo been a is. He's been a bit all or nothing. So before, Yeah, that's true. And look, all his mm. good performances have come against poor opposition. But, yeah. as I said before, like his, arguably his best game was against West Coast. And the best our forward line has looked was when we had Dixon, uh, Trengove and Westhoff all in that forward line in that second half against West Coast. That's the best the Tolls have sort of worked together all year, in my opinion. Um, I guess the other one... To talk about is Jarman Impey and whether he might uh, get another look in. He had 18 touches on the weekend, uh, had six inside 50s, and uh, not surprisingly kicked uh, two behinds. Yeah, look, I mean, I think that if a guy like Aiden Johnson maintains form, Impey's no show, really. Yeah. Um, for me, so like, the question I, I is, has, earlier, has yeah. Johnson, is Johnson's output enough? I know we both said that we really, really liked what he's done. I really want Johnson to stay in the final side. But has his output been enough for him to play finals next week? I think so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I think so because he's the sort of player that does actually make the rest of the team a bit better. Yeah. Um, whereas, it, like, even when MP isn't kicking at goal and missing, like he'll set up, he'll set up some goals, but he also does those weird sideways ones to a guy not in a better position that just become nothing. Um, I haven't seen Johnson doing any of that, you know. Um. I don't know. I feel like I feel like this final series is going to be defined by quality of disposal in the forward line. I think that's going to be the really important factor because if you look at the teams that are up the top, um, yeah, they're all got good midfields. Yeah, they've got forward options, but the reality is that it's the efficiency um, when you get the ball forward um, that is going to be really important, and the quality of the kicks and all that sort of stuff. And I think that that's where MP really, really falls down. Um, you can't you can't afford to be putting it forward and then spending an age turning it into something. Yeah. Um, that that's my main concern there. 
I, I really do believe it's going to come down to quality of disposal uh, to the forward line and in the forward line this final series. And I reckon we'll see that borne out throughout. Yeah. I can see MP playing again this year. I don't think it'll be next week, though. I think um, oh, no. it'll be the semi-final if uh, one of those other sort of players has a bit of a down one. game. Yep. It's a bit of a mare. Yep, absolutely. Um, uh, Brody had 16 touches um, for the Magpies. Uh, again, I, I'm pretty happy for him to stay uh, out of the AFL team. I don't think he's 100% fit. And I think mm. uh, bringing him back in is fraught with danger. Um, uh, bringing in a player like him, if he is under a bit of an injury cloud. Look, I think that um, with a, a week a week off, so the bye weekend, and then if he doesn't play that first final, I think the extra two weeks, I think mm. then we can talk about having him back in the side. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, they've got a final next week against Sturt. And Adelaide Oval. Yay. Um, okay. I guess the good thing is that I believe that Jackson, Trengove and Brody will be able to play and Impey as well oh, good. Uh, because we're still in and uh, they didn't play in the last round game. So that's a bonus. Um, so they'll be able to sort of keep fit and keep playing, which is nice. Yep. That is good. Um, is Interstate good. has made a comment on Spreaker Chat about that we we have an SNFL final to watch before we have to make a call on Broadbent and Trengove. So that's true. That is very true. That is a good, very, very good point. A um, mm-hmm. couple, couple of questions before we finish off. Uh, Tor Yay. Ekman has asked, having finished up with the same win-loss record as 2014, can this current team repeat the finals run of that year and make a prelim? Uh, they could. Yeah, um, if we look, Macker and I had a, had a discussion about this before the podcast. We did. Um, which is that our most likely set of teams, if we keep winning, and if the home team keeps winning, is that we'll play against West Coast, then we'd play against GWS, then we'd play against Geelong, and then we'd play against Adelaide. Um, so West Coast and GWS, like I think they are probably the more beatable ones. Um, West Coast because hopefully. I think I'm a bit more worried about West Coast than GWS personally. And GWS, like if we'd had Ryder for that game, we would have beaten them. I'm absolutely certain of it. I'm completely convinced. Um, yeah. I reckon they are quite quite possible to knock off. Um, yeah, and look, so that's that's all, through that. almost a bit of a forgotten game, that one, because it was so long ago uh, since we played yeah, them. but. Yeah. Um, we did lead at three-quarter time in that game, and we did play pretty well for three-quarters until we sort of yeah. died in the arse in, in the last quarter. But I do agree, if we did have Ryder, we certainly would have been a massive chance of winning that game. Well, and we've I, added I, Howard, I who's a genuine think... tool. Yeah, well, that's it. Add, add Howard to the side as well. Um, mm. Yeah, look, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident that we can beat West Coast. Um, we've proven that we... Look, in terms of coming up against teams in the first week, I think it's probably best case scenario that we've actually coming up against a team that we've beaten, which is nice. Um, because the other options were sort of teams that we were going to struggle against uh, and have struggled against, like Melbourne and Essendon and, and the Crows. Um, so I think it'll give us a bit of extra sort of mental boost knowing that we have actually beaten the team that we're going to face this week. doesn't mean that we're going to beat them, yeah. but uh, I think no, it'll give no. us a, a bit of a, a mental edge as such. Um, so that's nice. I, th- I think we can get over GWS. I think um, uh, I'm not sure why, but I do feel like we can beat the Crows in a final, especially if they lose the first week and the pressure will be on after winning a minor premiership to not go out in straight sets. That's true. Um, which that's could very mean true. we might get beaten by 100 points or it means that uh, we might actually win. 
Well, there might just be lots of fights. <laughs> well, that true. <laughs> that true. Um, let me see if there's any other questions. Uh... Oh, do I have to impersonate Tim Genova? Oh, probably, because most of the questions were regarding <laughs> Tim. So, <laughs> uh... if you can, that'd be great. I'm sorry. Um... Oh, here's a good a one. Here's a good one from Andre. Um, our game plan okay. requires players to always concentrate or elapse is quickly yep. exploited. With the pressure of finals, do you think this is more likely to focus the players' minds or see lapses exploited even more ruthlessly? I kind of feel like a good forward press is like playing finals every week. Um, and the quality of your opposition is what makes it that finals intensity. So, what well, you know, we, we executed a press really well against Gold Coast, absolutely. But... It wasn't coming back with any real conviction. Uh, so, I don't know. We've got the leg work. We've got all the people with the running and all that sort of stuff. We've been in good form in that regard. But, I don't know. I don't know. Like, just finals pressure. I'm don't. i not convinced that finals pressure changes much to when you have two good teams playing each other in the regular season right now because you don't change how you play. You know, hmm. we're playing this really accountable uh, method uh, going forward. We want to try and bottle it in. It's exactly how you play finals yeah. uh, and finals are won by teams that can hold on under pressure and that's exactly what everyone's being tested on every single week so I, I don't know I think it'll just be like a good home and away match every final um, realistically unless there's, a, unless there's a finals team that's worked out how to do things a little bit differently um, by you know returning possession and uh, changing momentum of the game by slowing it down I think that could be actually be a really important thing to be able to do in this final series as well um, to be able to execute when that forward presses yeah. on and still be able to pick out targets That's with disposal right. in the defence and uh, through the back of midfield. I think that could be hugely important. Yeah. Um, I don't know I don't know if we've got it. Hopefully we do. Um, yeah. Probably another reason to keep a guy like MP out um, and just keep a guy like Amon in as much as possible because he's usually pretty good on these disposals. That is true. Look, it's going to be a great final series, whatever happens, I think. And uh, as long as uh, they don't win the flag, I'll be uh, a pretty happy man. Yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I, I guess we talked about finals intensity. We'll just briefly talk about that what Brisbane round twenty two game in two thousand and two. Oh, uh, right. Like that's what I'm expecting to see a lot of. Yeah, a lot of those. That's that's what I expect to see pretty much every week for us. Yeah. Because um, if we're not doing that, we're losing. Um, Were you there so. that day? Yeah, I was. Oh, that was so good. That was that was <laughs> such a good. That's oh, that's yeah. That, that would be out. the best minor round game that we've ever won. I reckon. I, I, I agree. I, not 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 for. There are others that were probably more significant to us, like you know the first showdown and all that sort of thing. But as far as the quality of play, I reckon, and the quality of play under severe pressure, I reckon that's right there. Yeah, there, there's there's two that really stand out for me, and that's that game against Brisbane and the game the year before against Essendon, which uh, mm. kind of kickstarted Port being a bit of a force. Oh, um, I loved that game. I, I had a headline yeah. for that one with them. Um, Eddie Primus holding Jason Johnson by the Guernsey from the front of the Herald Sun. Mm. You're done. We're in. (laughs) Both those games were absolute crackers. And uh, oh hell yeah! Yeah, look, uh, if if we can play like that, um, I'd be very very happy this week. Yeah, I'd I'd be super stoked. Who's going to be our Brent (laughs) Gearer? Oh, Gooey! What a gun! He was my favourite. Oh, I missed him so I missed so much. Like every time I saw him playing. Front of the other teams, I'm like, oh, gee, I wish we still had Brent Gira. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> mm. yeah. Underrated yeah. player. He was, he, 
He was a real Port Adelaide-ish player in my view. He was, he um, was. He was, he was tough, laid massive bumps. Good great kick. Great in front of the sticks. Great kick, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And going bold at the age of 19. So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Port Adelaide. <laughs> Hugely. Mm. Well, that's it for this evening. Sorry that um, we couldn't work it out with our guest tonight. Hopefully we'll have him back on in the, in the coming weeks as well. Portia, thank you for coming on tonight. No, it's all right. All good, all good. Sorry to disappoint. Um, yeah. That's all right. Oh, and uh... Interstate has brought up Josh Carr in the Sprinkle Chat as well. Yeah, we, we need a Josh Carr. Who's that Josh Carr, Macca? Yeah. Joe Who's Atley. Oh, we need Joe a... Atley. Bring in at. Joe Atley. Bring him Bring in. in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Bring him in. Just do it. <laughs> yes. He's got to play. Hopefully. Done. We've solved that issue. All right. Um, we won't have a podcast this Thursday, um, but we will be back uh, next week. So we'll have a little bit of a break. Um, just like so it's players. a full week off? Uh, we'll work it out. We'll work it okay. out. We'll see have if there's um, something to talk about on Monday. If not, yes, we'll be back on uh, Thursday next week. You ripper. Awesome. Okay. Lovely. Good stuff. Thank you for listening. Until next time, go on the pair. Finals. Yes. Marshall, Marshall. Marshall, Marshall, Marshall. Wines, grey, fancy, well done. Still grey. Hamble's good. West off. Could kick a goal from here. He does. What a start. 